special game show night edition here at the podcast proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage and tonight it's gonna be way more fun and way more crime productive it's time for verbal tap i am your host kevin phillips of course the game show who took michael bisping's possessions out of his rental car while he was on a hike in hawaii are you ready to play great let's start with the person this tragedy struck and i i want to if for people that don't know you've been through a lot champ um you were robbed while you were on a hike in hawaii with your wife what do you have to say to the people that did this and are you prepared to play our game uh yeah i don't really give a shit about you know your, your game and all that sort of stuff i just know that somebody broke into my, my uh my thing and it really it really made, got me in the knickers and the, the, the whole bunch you know I do, boy, do I, and the the knickers and the bunch, as they say. Though, well, you, you know, just wearing... the hard part is, is, is when you 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 know when you you're loud and you're British, you say those things. I, boy, yes, that actually is the the. It, I was relieved. You sound almost normal. You don't sound like you've you've caught too much. And I wish you had found them. Dare I say that would have been a great five round decision that I'm sure would have come your way. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, when you uh, dominate uh, in a fashion that I do, uh, it, it comes naturally. Oh, my knee. Oh. It's time to meet our contestants. First, a former welterweight champion, current heartthrob, always the constant picker-up of trash and dinosaur pontificator from Canada, George's St. Pierre. GSP, how are you doing? Uh, GSP is uh, very good. Uh, it is uh, very impressive that uh, GSP would come on game show, yes, no? But uh, I am uh, here to get to the bottom of who broke into Michael Bisping's uh, uh, car rental in uh, the East of Maui. We went over this pre-tape. You're, you're not the detective. You are a suspect. You know that. Oh, no, no, no. GSP I, is uh, number one on case. I need you Don't to worry. say that you know you're still a suspect, that's what the point of you coming on here was. We're going to make sure it wasn't you. Because this sounds like your mental warfare. 100%. Let's meet contestant number two. Fortunately, we don't have any pot testing rules. Nick Diaz. Nick, of course we called you. Uh, how are you doing this evening? Wait, are you calling me? Uh, uh, Nick Diaz? Or are you calling my brother? No, it's you, because it's more your weight. I know everyone's calling okay. for Nate. Uh, we actually oh. made that mistake. I apologize again. The publicist, we've talked. We've talked. She, she's looking at me. She's, you know, she gets it. Sorry just, about you know, that again. Sometimes uh, I'm, I'm like sitting back and I'm, I'm, I'm smoking on my, my weed and, and I'm just, um, you know, I, I see George. Uh, I see him there. But, um, are, are, are you sure that you're not talking about, um, my, my, hold on, let me get my brother. Let's meet hey, our third hey, contestant. You come this, over here. No, yeah, no. I'm right here, motherfucker. Too. You want you want to test me too? Because I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just got in right now. Nate, there's no way you're motivated to pull something like this off. This, oh this shit, is just dog, a big I don't know thing. about that. I mean, sometimes I just do thing. fucking crazy shit. You know, sometimes like Nick Luke just looks at me and he's like, "Motherfucker, go fucking rob that guy." And I'm, I'm like, "Okay." I'm starting to feel for Dana White because I thought we talked about this pre-tape again. Two for two. Let's meet contestant number three. And frankly, things aren't looking great. Hawaii's own BJ Penn. 
Oh, hi, bro. No, you know, I don't know why you guys are calling me. I think it's just because something happened in Hawaii. And I, for the last time, I am not in charge of everything bad that happens in Hawaii. I'm not even in charge of the bad things that happened to me in my fight, bro. No. No one asked you a question yet, BJ. Uh, I'm noticing a few triggers. You know what? Um, yeah, you know, um, BJ Penn, you know, uh, maybe I did do it, bro. I don't know. <laughs> this is okay. Well, I do need you to hold a confession because I'm trying to get some ratings out of this game show. So if you did it, just uh, put a pin in it. I'm going to come back to you with some questions. All right. Let's go back uh, to Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping, yeah, yeah. what is the first question you think would help reveal uh, who might be guilty? Okay, yeah, uh, my, my first question is going to be real simple. It's going to be, which one of you guys would have a motive, and what is it that you would do to uh, try and take out uh, the middleweight champ who's the number one of all time and, and has beaten all of you uh, so severely, either uh, in talking or in the cage? Okay, well, I'm not going to say all that. Are you sure you don't want to start with, like, a where were you today, like an early one, or you want to go straight to what's your hey, motive hey, hey, to hey, fight? Hey, let me tell you something, okay? I have my own podcast. And the most intriguing thing about my podcast is I talk about other people because I'm not that interesting. So I'll tell you exactly how I do my podcast, and I'm going to do it on here. So first of all, George, where were you? Uh, yeah. So first question, uh, GSB, where were you? Ah, yes. The clever way to start off the investigation. <laughs> Thank you for starting it, Michael Bisping. suspect. God damn, I can already No, nope, no. Nope. GSB can figure it out. He is on the case. He is wearing a top hat. With uh, the old time, the 1930s kind. I can verify he is. Uh, I will tell you one thing right now, which is this. Uh, Phillips, Kevin, where were you on uh, yesterday? Uh, Well, this is embarrassing. I I wasn't prepared to answer that. But I would like to, and I would like to do it slowly into the camera, getting my once a month male wax session done. And I'm not ashamed to say Ferrari, downtown Denver. You're not missing out. Note to self, Kevin is merci beaucoup, very possibly guilty. <laughs> okay, going into GSP number one detective journal. Where were you? Have you answered that yet? Are you, you oh, definitely? No, that, that is not important. I was around. The core of me every time. No, I want a definitive answer. As does Bisping. As does yeah, yeah, yeah. The I want to know exactly where you were. We all want to know. Damn it! Uh, my next question is for. Uh, one of the Diaz brothers, you can answer in tandem or uh, for separately. Uh, I would like to know um, to the brothers Diaz, where were you? Um, l- hold, I'll still, I'm moderating this, gosh darn it, to the Diaz brothers, and I'm going to ask a, uh, my own, where, where were you? Where, uh, and you can answer, which, I mean, in sync if you've got it. I don't, oh shit, I don't, I don't think we can do that. Uh, <laughs> Nick, where were you? Yeah, yeah. Cloud uh, of smoke? Okay. You guys, uh, Eric, is so baked that sometimes you're just um, you're just out in the desert, and you're just there, and you're just like, that fucking cactus is on steroids, because fuck that cactus, you know? Uh, uh, let me ask. Hey, wait, where the fuck were we, motherfucker? Where were we yesterday? Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know that I was right here. Like, where I am right now, that's where I was. I'm getting the vibe, and I believe it, because these two just have a vibe about it. This is, are you saying, verifying, you were in Northern California? Uh, I don't quite remember the name of the town. 
Oh, it's Dr. Motherfucker. How the fuck do you not know where what we are? This is Listen, a cheap game show. We don't know how to do the research. Right. Stockton. That's that's He's Stockton. Oh, I should have said it a fourth time earlier. So the gentleman uh, yes, from Stockton. story over there. Uh, the not Stockton guilty. brothers. Yes, I see oh, them. God damn it, GSP. My next question is for BJ Pan. BJ Pan. Uh, how bad did I beat you back when we fought? Not the question. We're going to ask BJ Pan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer it, bro, because no. I I forgot that I fought him. Oh, God. Um, it, it, it's been a race from my BJ Pan memory. Um, also, I would like to ask a question to a special guest panelist. Still not how special guest panelist. What are you talking about? Um, I wasn't a special guest. I, oh, I'm in charge of this oh, damn yeah, show. Bro. No, no, you're not, bro. I'm going to go ahead and bring on who I think is the most likely suspect. Okay, bro. Why don't you step up to the microphone? Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. It's me, Yoel. I love you, Michael Bisping. Okay, I, I love you. I specifically said no, Yoel Romero. I said that to you, Debbie. I'm staring at my producer and to you, Ted. I said no, Yoel Romero. We won't be able to get through anything. He's going to scream. Uh, that is fine. I have overridden you. Everybody knows I am executive producer of Verbal Tap. That All right. I know. I no longer care who took Michael Bisping's things. I have hit my absolute breaking point. Well, before we finish here, Kevin, I have one question GSP. for someone here. Yes, yeah. yes, it's just GSP. Oh, In case you have forgotten with all the uh, like list of characters. Uh, I would never forget. I just hunt. thought you were done. I thought you had just been no, like, no, no, oh, no, yeah. No. GSP has one, one final question. Uh, Yoel, I see you are here and you are breathing out of your mouth. That is uh, very impressive. But I will look at you, Michael Bisping. My question is for you. Where were you? Uh, Michael Bisping, where were you during all of this? Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was in Maui and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was doing my thing, uh, having some fish and chips and, uh, uh, yes, likely story, Michael Bisping. I think we have figured it out in order to be, uh, favorable to the people. Michael Bisping has robbed himself yeah. and broke into his own car. I have figured it out. GSP on the case. Number one. You have heard it here. Judge and jury. I am dismissing panelist Bisping because this is clearly what happened. Thank you to the Diaz brothers for whatever that was. Uh, I, yeah, that's fine. I was good. Uh, Nick, about. you're my favorite. Nate, stay cute. Thank you. Stay Thank cute. You. Cool. I appreciate it. Uh, Yoel. Yeah? Get, please get the fuck out of here. You know oh, what? I love you, Kevin Phillips. <sighs> Listen to me. I am your friend. You're so I am shiny. definitely not on steroids. Hey, no, you are. You should fight John Jones next, by the way. I'm watching that. Fight. I would uh, love to <laughs> oh, fight God, John thank Jones. You. Good. Yoel and I made up. It's good to do GSP, I can't thank you enough for your assistance on tonight's Crime Solvers. You know, GSP, does. Uh, he wears on uh, many hats. Many Mostly yeah. because he has bald Professor X head, <laughs> so it gets very cold in uh, the Canada. But you, you are welcome, Phillips Kevin. Hey. Another case closed. The I, GSP detective. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. This has been starring GSP. Obviously, who took Michael Bisping's things? Woo, Raph. Uh, we got to start more things with this type of investigative journalism. I thought that was a great note by you, and thank you for producing that segment. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, directing off air and getting everybody patched in. Rafa Sparta, how you doing? Oh, hi, bro. No, I'm still no, on the line. No, no, God, BJ, get the fuck off the phone. You said goodbye to everybody. Bro. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so bro, sorry. I've just been sitting here the whole time, and I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, ignore those notes to... we gave about uh, all the guests. Well, can I know. stick around or do I have no, to go? You definitely have to get the fuck out. Aww. I meant that part. I love you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks to BJ Penn for helping. You, you got Yoel on. And thanks for bridging that, that community. I appreciate it. Bye, bro. Bye, Kevin. D- I Yoel? Love you. Yeah. Are you guys on the same phone? Uh, uh, you know, we're having slumber party. I sleep with BJ. He sleeps with me. It's the fun. Good night, Yoel. Good night, BJ. Rafa Sparza. Hello. How you doing this evening? Um, you know, I've produced better segments. I have a whole new respect for Dana and his aggression, <laughs> his tenacity, and his just lash outs. It's like maybe he just needs a better third therapist. Well, I mean, all of those guys at some point have sold lots of pay-per-views, but not without their incredulous amount of headaches that they've given Dana White. <laughs> But you know, Kev, I got to tell you something. I have been learning a lot. I've been learning a lot while producing my own tournament. Sounds sounds and looks like a lot of work. It is. And I'll tell you this much. I'm slowly trying to evolve into the Dana White of jiu-jitsu. Uh-oh. Everybody's joking, but I already thought. I was like, Rap, how's your hairline doing? And I'm... Oh, uh, don't. I just know that uh, I'm just, within the past two months of doing USSGL stuff heavily, uh, I've definitely been using the phrase, shut up, you fucking dummies, more than anything. <laughs> uh, but I've been right as I do it. So, yes, much like Dana White coming around and yelling at those buffoons, uh, myself and the guys from the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club are so excited to be putting on this tournament that's coming up for you guys in San Diego. If you are listening to this right now, okay. I have a promo code for you. If you use the verbal tap word, one word, as a promo code, all caps, verbal tap, uh, you will get $15 off of your entry. Now, here's the thing, guys. I really try to make it an economical price for you guys to compete at our tournament because I want you guys to come. I want you guys to be there. It's a two-day grappling extravaganza. It starts off on Saturday. And we have the Deep Waters Invitational, 16 of the baddest grapplers in SoCal coming around to put on a great show for you guys. Then the very next day, we put on an open tournament, and that is open to everyone. And if you sign up, go to USSGL.com, and uh, you can you know sign up to either go watch, go watch uh, the Deep Waters Invitational, or you can go sign up to compete the next day at the SD Midway Open. Can I make now, an emotional plea, Raph? Yeah, go for it. Go for it, Kevin. Compete for me. I think sure. about the people oh, that no. are four days away from the dreaded S word that are just like aching to be physically healthy. If you're feeling good, if you feel like you've been training well and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody a little bit newer, don't worry about that. This is competition. It's a good place to test yourself. If you've been thinking about it, you need to do it. This is a great place. It's embracing. It's lovely. And Raph has a hand in it. So there's a, a beautiful elegance and femininity to the whole thing that I think I just wanted to interject there. You know, the people, they sign up for that. Go for it. I don't even care at this point. I just know this. I know it's a good time. 
I know if you compete that next day, so on the 13th, you compete with us, you get free entry into the Deep Waters Invitational. And here's why I want you guys to be a part of it. We love our community, me and the guys. So this is Joey House, Eric Medina, Octavio Villanueva, Drew Murillo, Blair Green. We are working so hard behind the scenes to give you guys one of the best experiences possible. I can tell you with great certainty right now that I'm so stoked about this, but two of the segments that we are going to produce are going to be on an aircraft carrier. So we're going to have two matches, two exhibition matches on the aircraft carrier featuring two of your most favorite 10th planet practitioners, wink, wink. And it's going to be on the L Ray network, which is available in over 60 million holes. And I am beyond excited to be bringing grappling to cable television with my team. The guys over at the USSGL, they want you guys to come. They want you to see what it is. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what more I can say to you guys other than I know you can go to other grappling tournaments, and I know you have, but I really want you guys to come, experience what it is we want to produce for you guys, get our vibe. It's going to have a whole bunch, like we're in the middle of a whole wrestling tournament. We're on the pier. We're going to have lots of drinks. It's acai. We're going to have food trucks on out there. Like, I don't know what else to tell you guys other than I'm so stoked that you guys can be a part of something and really, really see something that I think is cool. I wouldn't put my time into things that uh, I didn't think were worth your time. And I really do work to push that. And and I mean, listen. This podcast included. This podcast and that opening 10-minute comedy bit. (laughs) You can't get that other places. That. No one's trying okay. that hard. No Listen, one's trying that hard. I'll I'll break kayfabe for one second. Name me one other show where they start with five different characters, and three of them are pretty good. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Can we add me as a six for host, and we can keep <laughs> the three. The three is fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so go to sign up ussgl.com promo code verbal tap. Get some money off. Come compete with us. Come say hello. I'm going to be doing the commentary, and I can tell you this right now. John Evans will be joining me on the Deep Waters Invitational Commentary, and I think you guys are going to be stoked because it's been over a year and a half since John and I have done commentary together. So uh, we will have a telecast for those of you who are not in the San Diego region. Uh, you're going to want to uh, tune in. I, that's that's as much as I can say. So, uh, f- you know, Saturday, come for the Deep Waters. Sunday, stay to compete. And then stick around because there might be something kind of fun going on. So that's what I got for you guys. USSGL.com, promo code verbal tap. There you go. Uh, we'll see you there. Raph will see you there. And <laughs> we have Nelson Puentes on the show tonight. We're going to get to that interview shortly. Uh, he's amazing. First, there was a UFC fight night in Mexico City, Mexico, where I don't know if you knew this, Raph. But that's a city at altitude. Did you know that? I did know that. Um, only if you because they've mentioned it a few times. If you didn't know it, you could have heard it said in every round of every match, every time a fighter breathed deeply or didn't breathe deeply, depending on what the commentators had to talk about. Yeah. They, they was having a rough night. They were awful. And the interpreter must be fired immediately. There, there was moments where the fighter would do a solid one, 30 seconds, 
45 seconds, they would pan to him and he'd be like, she's very excited. It's like, what? Uh, that doesn't sound right. So he was struggling all night. Not very good. But the fights themselves were exceptional, starting with Pettis Moreno. Goes the distance, which was a surprise. Pettis got the decision. Moreno was uh, lunatic in this fight. <laughs> really good Sergio Pettis uh, had his back for the first round, Raph. So, can we talk about this kid, lock. though? Okay, so this is the same kid who was all smiley and like a goof when he did the weigh-ins, correct? <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, same guy. Okay, we're a huge fan of it. Our friend Jeff Schultz wanted to come in with some nerd science where he's like, well, actually, it's been statistically proven that those who uh, pose like that, uh, they start talking like Johnny Carson for whatever reason, I guess, too. <laughs> but uh, those who pose like that actually end up losing the majority of their fights. And so one person on our Instagram said, that's what you get, you motherfucker, for smiling. You get, you had every chance. You gave that fight away. And it's like, Definitely didn't do okay. that. You didn't give I, the fight away. I don't think so. I don't think he gave the fight. It was uh, a very it, close fight. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy. He won the first round, obviously. <laughs> he had his back and almost. almost uh, Sergio Pettis is, was a cool customer. No problems. Way better at defending chokes emotionally and physically than I have ever had the capacity to to have. Pettis earned it, and Pettis was just winning the striking battle a lot, like a lot to a little, just really beating him up. It seemed like at times, and, and even you know did did some really good actual open guard work. I, I want to know who they're working with. Open guard. He's got some secrets that are interesting to get where he gets. Fun fight though. These two, it was like they were dipped in speed. Uh, both came out to very fun Spanish songs. Uh, one was Desposito. We'll just we're gonna glide right on to the next fight, Raph. But <laughs> uh, good, good, good main event. Random Marcos versus Alex Grasso. This was another war that went back and forth. A lot of grappling in this fight. A lot of it, just because apparently both of them have no qualms with throwing the entire round. And I want to give Random Marcos a shout out, Raph. Mm. Alex Grasso missed weight. She came in at oh. one twenty nine, and oh, excuse me, one nineteen, not one fifteen. Random Marcus is like, I'm gonna walk in the ring at one twenty five. It's good. <laughs> uh, I do like. So I don't know. This is new for me that they're. I guess that maybe they do list things. Um, Alex Grasso had a UTI, so sorry that happened. She was oh, no. on penicillin, or she was on antibiotics. <laughs> they were super clear about why she said she missed weight. Props to Random Marcos for being like, fuck it, let's roll. It was a great fight. Um, I'll point it to you this way. Random Marcos exhibited the type of resolve that Kevin, four years ago at a tournament, once put in when somebody came in overweight. <laughs> somebody. And Kevin said, the whole you know what? I'll go up a weight class. And by I'll go up a weight class, it's, I mean, uh, wait, nobody's in my weight class. Perfect. Shit. <laughs> fine and, and was definitely real courageous about it and that was the exact same that blue belt division at u.s grappling um in richmond yep felt same stakes wise same z's same z's alan hoban who's so pretty got knocked out by nico price pretty aggressively nico price might be a psychopath and really yeah. loves his kids um, talked about knocking out, was so excited he knocked him out that he had to give praise to Jesus Christ for a few 
minutes. Nothing happens without his love, which is a common theme of the night. <laughs> a lot of things don't happen without Kev, Jesus' Kev, love. it's in Mexico, so it's Jesus. He was just thanking his buddy. Got it. Oh, that would have Jesus been... Jesus Cristo. <laughs> if you don't know Jesus Cristo, you... good friend of mine. Good, good guy out in Mexico. Good guy. Okay. He's a good guy. You know, he gets lit at parties. He's really popular. He's got this little trick he does with water. It's great. It's no big deal. I'm going to give Alan Hoban a shout out. Got got knocked out, got um, knocked down and was punched and the referee stopped it and got him up while he's wobbling. And you know what Alan Hoban didn't do? Wave his arms like, what do you mean you stopped the fight? Like, what do you mean I wasn't defending myself? Because he's a professional in both ways. I enjoyed that small moment. Um, obviously, I want to say this. We never like seeing... You know, we we hate when one of our jiu-jitsu brethren goes down, but when the Disney prince goes down, I think we all feel. Yeah. Uh, none more so than maybe Karen Bryant. But, you know, he's still got a lot of things going for him, Kevin. He's a model. Every hit, I worry about that face. But... We all do. We all take a moment of slight pause. Anytime somebody's in grappling or jiu-jitsu that's a little too pretty, you just kind of go, oh, no, not the face. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Leg kicks? Um, <laughs> Humberto Bandene, whom our friend Casey Alstead was cornering. Yeah. All of a sudden, he went over and he, he congratulated. I was like, that guy looks a lot like, that's Casey Alstead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that. I saw this mustache and I, saw, I was like, that guy looks a lot. I'm an idiot. Uh, of course, it's Casey Alstead. He would be there in Mexico. I, I feel like I see him at his jujitsu gym like a day before and then he's cornering <laughs> someone. I'm like, wait, where'd he go? Uh, okay. Uh, I love it. Knocked Martin Bravo so hard with his knee. It uh, Martin Bravo was kind of shooting in, and when the kick came up, he kind of went to guard his abs. Wrong. It was not the right place to guard. Should have guarded his head. He got hit so hard he went into, like, snap. He looked like one of those snap bracelets that had lost it and was just oh. straight. It was so bad they had to move. They had to move Bandone. The cameramen were like, "Stay on that side of the cage," because they didn't want to keep panning to unconscious Martin Bravo. <laughs> Martin Bravo. Oh, it was brutal. Uh, Sam Alvey defeats Rashad Evans. Yay! This fight drew a lot of ire on Twitter. Tell me all about it because I saw some of it. It was pretty much unanimous. Fuck Rashad Evans. Everybody was like, why won't he fight? Sam Alvey is great, but Sam Alvey is not the fastest guy in the world. So if you're faster than he is, you can definitely move around the cage on him. The problem was Rashad's hands aren't faster than Sam Alvey's. Mm. So he took him down uh, twice, but got beat up throughout the fight and spent the last two rounds just running from him. And I, there's no better way to put it. He was playing strategy. I, I get it. You know, that was helpful, but... Just looked like he really didn't want to exchange on on the hands and couldn't really take Sam Alvey down. Do By we th- remember the last time when Rashad was fighting, though? Uh, no, I don't remember it. Okay, because when you have that large of gaps between your fights, I start to feel like the retirement word gets thrown around, and I think Rashad, uh, a good athlete, a former champion in his own right. Looks great. Yeah, he looked great. Okay. Physically. Just everything okay. but the boxing. It just looked like he really couldn't do that part. Interesting. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm kind of good. 
uh, on seeing him compete so he can do his thing. What a great coach he is, too, by the way. So that's sort of the the part where it's like, you know, maybe it's time to start to head that direction. Yeah. But still a fun fight. Good for Sam Alvey getting a win. Uh, almost knocked him out once or twice. And Rashad, by the way, for all of the for the last minute, stood and threw. Stood and threw. Hey. So he did. He was like, all right, fucking now's the time. Let's do it. <laughs> so did have a, a gear. He went to Alejandro Perez. I had to make sure it wasn't our friend. Won a weird decision over okay. Andre Sukamatha. Uh, Sukami? Okay. They said they kept saying it's Sukatha. Anyway, uh, so Andre Sukatha knocked Perez down and waved his fingers at him. Oh. Like, that was the third time. Like, you might want to have followed it up with the fourth time and punched him and then maybe bragged because he thought he had won the fight and he lost via decision. Close fight. Could have gone either way. Didn't go his way. Uh, all right. Well, what did we learn from this card, Kevin? I learned there are a lot of fucking commercials in the UFC. This was a three-hour card. This went until 11.15. So I'm just going to say this to the UFC. Uh, interesting. Just an interesting choice with this product. It's just a lot of can we how much more does the pay-per-view need to be to cut like one commercial a segment? Um otherwise I learned Pettis and Moreno are really good, Marcus and Grasso are really good, and I don't want to be anywhere near Bardenay if he's kicking at me. Mm. And contrary to popular belief, the best abs don't always win. Because Rashad Evans' abs are better than Sam Alvey's. <sighs> that's a that's a tough tough thing to do. But Kev, what was the saddest part about seeing Sam Alvey not uh, get his chance to talk? Oh my God! I, I sent you this message. We haven't said this yet on air. They flat out, and he was the only one they cut. Did, you, did I mention that? You did. They let three pound over Grosso speak. They let psychopath Nico Price have the mic for a second. Um, and somehow smiling Sam Alvey doesn't get a shot. And he was the cutest as he was leaving the cage. He's like, but I learned Spanish for this. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Go fuck yourself. It's like, what is going on? This is crazy. So I would like an explanation on why he got robbed of the mic. Well, let's see if we can, we can send a feel out to our good friend, Sam Alvey. Sam, we know you're listening. We will be happy to bring you back on. You will you will have the opportunity to do your post fight speech here. You know that is a, a standing invitation that we have on the show. We've had a few friends. Didn't Dober get robbed of a speech once too? We've had Everybody's been uh, robbed. We we've had plenty of people that were just like, eh, just do it on our show. Okay. Well, I welcome anytime. This is so cute. But I learned Spanish for this. Rap, are you ready to go? And I also learned Mexico City brings the heat. Brings the El Fuego. It's very caliente, yes. The El, the El Caliente. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like adding the before L on all <laughs> Very good job. Spanish. <laughs> Let's go talk to Nelson Buendez, who's uh, going to bring a certain sincerity to this podcast. It's been lacking in this opening. I think we can all Verbal Tap fans, you've actually heard us talk about this ghee product before. Uh, because while I don't own any, several of my Jubera teammates 
including Professor Jubera himself, love the inverted gear, uh, inverted panda gear. They wear the geese. They wear the rash guards. And I must say, very comfortable to get choked out in, uh, if I could compliment that, which is equally as important uh, when you get all that face razor. We have a lot of people that like to forearm of justice. On the podcast, uh, a guy who I'm now terrified to fight at any point after watching a significant amount of his game on Artichoke Media, Nelson Puentes. Nelson, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Well, we're fantastic. You're in our nerdy um, jiu-jitsu realm, which is where we tend to thrive. Yes. Right? MMA fighters are fine. Yes. They just tend to be simple, right? They just want to punch. They want to talk. They want to scream. Jiu-jitsu, it's much more artistic. By the way, to the MMA fighters listening, I apologize about that on the record. You're out near RAF. uh, Wait, hold on. Which coast are you on? You're in California right now, right? Yeah, I'm the left coast. Nice. What are you up to out in Cali? I'm busy in Riley Bodycom. I've been training around the Bay Jiu-Jitsu gyms. Uh, Stefan Goyne owns some fantastic gyms up here, so we've been busy in all three of them. And I, matter of fact, I just got done playing Magic with Riley. Magic. So let's together. talk about that for a second, <laughs> uh, I Nelson. <laughs> I need to. I need to caution you. I cannot beat you up, but I can call you a nerd. And I feel it is customary that I must do that when our guests, and I, you Go might ahead. be the first, you might be the first to say, I have finished my game of magic to appear on your show. <laughs> Did you win? Well, got to be first. Riley actually beat me the last game we played, so I'm going to have to hear about it for a while. <laughs> The trash talking between the magic players, I think, is an untapped region of jiu-jitsu that we don't really talk about that much. It's underserved, but here's the the weird part is, Nelson, as much as I want to make fun of you, I know other people get down on that, like Josh Barnett. So Uh you've got good backup. Yeah, I I really do. It's a surprising amount of people play the game, and it just, for me, like the coolest part is, like, you know, the game started up in 1993, and today is more popular than ever. In an, in a time where everyone is looking at screens, you still get people shuffling cardboard and looking at each other. Now, yeah. maybe we're going to veer off track here, but I'm intrigued because you might be one of the only people to explain this to us. Are there like tournaments that are like really big and attract a whole bunch of attention for Magic players? Yeah, uh, actually, two years ago, me and my wife went to Vegas for a tournament, and it was the biggest magic tournament of all time. Uh, my wife, Hillary, likes to uh, explain it to people as nerds, nerds times infinity. Uh, <laughs> there were 10,000 people playing in the tournament. Okay, now, can we discuss this? Because it's like when I see video games do better than jujitsu in terms of their production value and their money. How do we get that? Because... I look at that and I say, you know what, nerds, I have no qualm with you. Play your game, uh, do your thing, uh, but don't you get jealous? Like, doesn't the jujitsu part of you get like a little jealous? It gets that much attention. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a very easy access point. I just have to go to the coin book shop, pick up some cards. I'm not getting choked unconscious. I don't have somebody trying to break my arms. <laughs> So this time. I have to I have to realize it's like you know it's 
it's a lot easier to get into magic than it is getting into jiu-jitsu. You don't have to uh, spend a few years getting his ass kicked every day. All right, Nelson, you're not helping me here. I'm right. trying to, it no, does... wrong. Like, jiu-jitsu has its benefits, but <laughs> it's just magic. It's like an easier spell. It's like, hey, you want to, like, shuffle the cardboard around? It kind of feels great to hear him sure. even talking like, about you it, too. Roll with <laughs> Because at yeah, least yeah. you still struggle after watching uh, from Chile with love. I'm I'm just glad to hear you still have problems on the mat. It doesn't uh, doesn't sound like oh, what I watched. We still figure stuff out after all these years. <laughs> Nelson, let me ask you this: one of the best things that we've heard about you. Uh, you know, it's always nice when your your reputation precedes itself. But we've always heard great things about inverted gear. Now, a long time ago. Somebody asked me, like, Raph, why don't you do more stuff with inverted gear? Or, like, why don't you buy that product? And I told them, well, for one main problem. And they were like, what's that? And I was like, I can't invert. And so I was like, it would just be <laughs> invalid to wear, like, their rash guards or do that with, like, I can't do half of the name. I like gear. Oh, I got you. You're, you're not the first one to raise that concern. I'll, I'll tell you that. We do get okay. the odd email asking if it's it okay if I wear your brand, if I can't bear a ball. And the answer is yeah, it, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, that playdown Panda came, well, when we started, you know, uh, 2012, mm-hmm. there were maybe 15 Jiu Jitsu American brands, uh, 15 American Jiu Jitsu brands. Now it's over 100. And at that time, it seemed to be like everyone was going towards the affliction route. That was like the, the peak of the affliction tap yeah. out there. Yes. And everybody was going like the tough guy, MMA fighter route. And to me, it was a big disconnect because the, be- the best you did to fight as I knew, like, you know, my most intense training partners, like, no one looked tough. <laughs> everybody looked like accountants you were playing so magic the gathering that the, that's uh we got to appeal to well, those nerds right we do yeah well that's the thing too is like uh, exactly that is like a lot of my jiu-jitsu friends were also magic friends or like you know we play board games together so it made no sense that like the, the mainstream jiu-jitsu market was going towards the Barbed wire, that affliction route, and big yeah. letters. Yeah, like I remember <laughs> going to IBJJF World on 2011, and the World T-shirt that IBJJF gave you was black and with like silver lettering that looked like an affliction shirt. Mm. I was like, "What is happening here?" So, were you already? Did you have the panda in your head? Is that, I mean, because you're sort of articulating, and this is funny to me that this was birthed out of the uber macho, which really isn't jujitsu. Uh, some of it is, yes. right? But so the, Raph isn't yeah. macho, and he so does the, it. No. <laughs> no, no. So the Panda logo originally was created for by one of my students. Uh, at the time, we were Alliance-affiliated, the school I was teaching at. I was a purple belt. And they wanted to rock the Alliance logo on their back, but they also wanted like something that represented me, like the instructor. So we created a Nelson Fuentes Jiu-Jitsu patch. And one of my students came up with the idea of doing the jiu-jitsu panda, doing that panda upside down. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started, we made some patches. We made some turtle t-shirts at a, at a local shop. And we started wearing them to like local tournaments. And something funny happened. Um, people kept coming up to me, asking me to buy the shirt. 
Yep. And uh, and it was weird to me that like people I didn't know would want a shirt with my name on it. You know. <laughs> so we we started thinking about putting the the panda and geese because like we really like the logo. And I only had like fifty students plus like you know the kids program. So like there was like there's no way I was gonna meet the minimum. That what year is this? Because fifty yeah. students is a good amount of people. 2012, that's okay. 2012. That's a nice number, 12. So, yeah, so 2012, and I decided to create a brand and get rid of Nelson Point Jiu-Jitsu, and Inverted Gear was born. That's badass. Dude, that's so awesome. And, you know, it's... I love the panda, Rev. I, I do have to say, I he's so too. friendly. I mean, less when Jubera is giving me the shoulder of justice and I can see it staring at me, but mm-hmm. I do love the panda. Yeah. He just looks so happy that he's inverted. Like, <laughs> he doesn't care if you're doing jujitsu or not. He's just like, we. <laughs> yeah. Now, Nelson, here's the thing that I want to know is because uh, my wife and I, you know, before we did the podcast, I was always a big MMA fan. But we used to have like this incoming joke just between the two of us, kind of an inside joke where. She would go and try and find the cheapest tap out shirt, and I would just embody, like I would pretend to be that person when we'd go watch at a bar. And uh, one of the requirements was one time she found one for super cheap at like say Marshalls or Ross. She's like, "Oh, I found this for a dollar," and I was like, "What's on it?" She goes, "Are those snake dragons?" F yeah, they are. And so that became our way of describing. Anytime we saw like one of those crazy dumb affliction or like ridiculous bro t-shirts. So on behalf of those of us who were making fun of it at the time, thank you for doing that because it, there was a whole subculture of that. And there still is. You still see like remnants of it for people who, yeah. you know, like MMA but like haven't caught on to the clue of like, hey, buddy, that's super lame. <laughs> so yeah. obviously you make that transition into doing that. That was five years ago. Your business is flourishing now. But let's fast forward to where we are now because right now you're writing this book and it's called From Chili. And I like this, From Chili with Love, which is such a beautiful. Well, the reason why I wanted you to say with love is because when I read it the first time, I was like, is this a Spanish Bond film that nobody told me about? There's a good murder mystery chapter so, in the beginning. Because I got really so angry that they wouldn't call me in the running for the like Hispanic James Bond. Because that should be something I recognize. Yeah. But go on. So the reason we went from Chile with Love is my grappling style has been greatly influenced by Eastern Europeans. Not only like samba players, judo, even wrestlers. And we looked at a lot of stuff that Russians are doing and how some of the grips that we go over the book are banned in judo because they were too strong and they were warping what the way people were reacting. So to use another nerve word, metagame. So if you looked at judo, the, a lot of the rule changes were created because the Eastern Europeans were doing too well by not doing judo. They had a different stance. They were, they were using grips that are illegal now. Like the Russian grip we're familiar with, the Georgian grip, a lot of two-on-one stuff that is now banned. But it's legal in jiu-jitsu, but we don't see it enough. So that's why I like to teach that stuff. 
and your takedowns. I, I want to take a minute to compliment. I also I enjoyed the title because it gave me sort of a Fraser vibe. I was ready for him to like uh, the uh, from Chile with love, like just a large chorus behind. And uh, what I enjoy about it, and I'm curious if this is something, uh, obviously, when you start doing jiu-jitsu, I'm a purple belt currently, and I know enough to know I don't know much. So you you start your first few. You you get into your, uh, these are my three takedowns. This one goes to this one. This one goes to this one. Uh, that seemed like it was imprinted in your mind as you do it. How many variations do you say run through your head? When you when you just start to take someone down, because it seems like you've worked with a lot of crazy people from Russia and Eastern Europe. Yeah, so that's the thing now is after you learn a lot, you got to start shrinking down and making smaller circles. So you really want to go over like you know what's your higher percentage things, like what are the things you're doing the most, and how you can can connect those those things. So. If like you know, I started like if we start looking at judo, like I know how to do all the throws, like all the throws, like we can say like the Kodokan, like those main throws that you're taught. Mm-hmm. I, I was taught all the throws at a pretty good uh, judo school in New Jersey, Cranford Judo Club. Uh, the head instructor's name was uh, it was Yonisuka, Yonisuka Kansai, Yanni for uh, the friends. He he never he never asked anyone to call him Sensei. Everyone called him Yanni. Uh, he died a few years ago. I mean, he rest in peace. He, he he was a really cool dude, and he was Olympic coach for the '88 and '92 US team. And I used to get my ass kicked by these older guys in the '40s and '50s that were in the Olympic team in the '80s. So you've been so cheating I, for a I, while I, by training <laughs> judo, wrestling. Yeah, I'm starting to get a pattern here. Yeah, so I I, I cross train the whole. I always cross train. Since the beginning, because I was training, I, I wrestled in high school, and then I did judo. And when I started doing jiu-jitsu, I was doing judo at the same time. Uh, a lot of the guys I came up with when I was like white, green, and, and brown belt. I'm still brown belt, and then we got my black belt in judo. Uh, are now in the national team, and one of them, one of my old training partners, was in the Olympic team. So I, my, I, I, I was exposed to very high level judo early on and like that helped a lot like you know figure out okay like this works uh like being exposed to like high level grip fighting which is very important i don't think it's not enough and then being is training with uh, a lot of uh, russian and eastern europeans so like not only getting a look of the classical japanese judo with like you know uh very rigid posture but also more of like the russian game with trips and pickups which a lot of that stuff made into the book because that stuff was what interested me the most because it meshed better with my wrestling background. So I competed a lot in judo until the rules the rules change happened and all all the leg grabs were made illegal. So all all the firemen, all the pickups I like I couldn't do anymore because they were now illegal. Mm. So that that made me just go all in jiu jitsu. That was this was around the time I was a purple belt when that happened. Bad and ass. now in the more recent years, I've been training with Riley, with Riley a lot, and like diving more into Sambo and seeing how connect how like certain throws and certain uh, like you know single legs and whatever, looking at it, but uh, in the context where if I do this, what's going to happen to my legs? 
can this guy go for a roll knee bar? Can this guy do a flying scissor on me when I do this? So that adds like an extra dimension to it. And like, you know, that's also important. We started looking at like submission grappling where like the leg lock game getting so popular now. Every match starts standing. It's good to know when you're exposed to like sliding entries or rolling mm-hmm. e-bars or what have you. Yeah. No, that that's a premium right now. Now, I have to ask this, Nelson. This is a question I like to ask people so that we get an idea of where this true love it, it really comes from. For you, when did you know you were hooked to jiu-jitsu in the book, you seem to allude to the fact that it was when you had your first competition, but I wasn't sure if that was the case. Was that the moment that you knew you were hooked, or was it another moment? I I fell in love with wrestling first. Uh, my wrestling coach was very passionate about it, and he, he was just contagious. Like you know, uh, me and one of my best friends and training partner, like the same kid that got me to join the wrestling team, is the one that taught me to do jujitsu. Because mm-hmm. he saw I wasn't happy. Like, I really miss wrestling. Uh, I got a few offers to wrestle in Division three schools after uh, after high school. And my wrestling coach actually talked me out of it. Hmm. He's like, you know, you're a smart kid. Just go to, if you want to go to school, get a degree. Uh, it's like you're going to hate high, like college wrestling and high school wrestling. It's completely different. And you did very well as a high school wrestler with like a short career because I only started wrestling my junior year. But it's like, you know, jumping to college wrestling is going to be very difficult for you. And I would like, you know, and just like, it's a long season. It's like so grinding. It's so hard on your body. I would rather just, you know, go to college and enjoy it. And so I went to college, uh, played rugby. I got really into Olympic lifting. I did like try other sports, but like nothing uh, filled the hole the grappling left, like the love for competition, the, the, the strategy aspect of it. So when I got a chance to grapple again, I, it all came back and, and I haven't looked back. No, you really haven't. And I, I have to say this, like, it's great to see that you were able to transition this. We're going to get to the book in just a second. Um, I do want to start by asking you this. You have a very successful company. Why do a book like yeah, you have to understand about- for us, we we know that podcasting and talking is our goal. We don't go out of our way to like try and do everything in jujitsu. Yeah. You're already a black belt. You're good looking. You travel a whole bunch. I'm pretty pissed about all this judo knowledge, too. This is all. Yeah. Brand new. I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, I hear you, Raf. A lot Kev, of overachieving. Don't get me wrong. I could watch gifts of him slamming uh, Jesse oh. a thousand times. <laughs> and I did. I'm fine. <laughs> I, it was so fun. Oh. That was an added bonus to this whole exercise. Yeah. yeah. Like those, when Marshall was breaking new ground fun. and, uh, you know, Marshall's one of the, the people who has been really, really active about making like gifts as part of his books and how they work, especially yeah. on, on the online version. Yeah. But like there is a greatness about a never ending loop of watching Jesse get the crap kicked out of him. <laughs> that Judah Kevin throws. and I both go, this book <laughs> pays for itself. Yeah, everybody's got to get this. <laughs> but yes, why why a so, book? Why why do that? And like it's tedious. continue dominating. Yeah. And you it takes a lot of work okay. to break it down. So right? Yeah, this is the thing. I always been um I love teaching. Uh when I was going to school, I was kinda on the uh, physical education, kinesiology track. 
So they take a lot of motor learning classes, a lot of kinesiology classes, like learning how the body moves. Uh, when I first went to school, I was a physics engineering major. So how things work has fascinated me my whole life. Uh, I, I remember being a kid and doing a whole screwdriver and taking all my toys apart so I could see how they work <laughs> and then not being able to put them back together. <laughs> <laughs> or, or locking myself in my room by taking the doorknob apart so I could see how, how it worked and then not being, being able to put it back together again. So I've been trying to reverse engineer things for a long time. Uh, I love teaching. I I enjoy competing, but it was never it was never my goal to be a world champion like a lot of jiu-jitsu guys get into. The only reason I competed is I wanted to get better. I wanted to expose myself to the holes in my game and then figure out how to fix them. Mm-hmm. So when I transitioned out of being a competitor uh, about two three years ago, now I decided to take a break for a year, and then after the year, I was like, okay, like you know, I really I really don't miss competing. I'll miss the weight cutting. I'll miss how stressful it will get. I'll miss the grind of doing two a days or like you know training every day, banged up and injured, and all the all the nagging injuries I had accumulated over, over my career. So I kind of I really started teaching a lot more uh, seminars and camps with uh, globe trotters and. My my friends have like my friends have a camp in Costa Rica. Sometimes Emily Quark would invite me to the Grand Swell camps. So I really enjoy the aspect of teaching. Uh, I cover classes at the school. I train in, in Allentown, uh, some BBJJ uh, as often as I can. If I get to share some knowledge with people, I always do. So I had all this stuff uh, like you know in my head. So when Marshall like gave me that gave me gave me an opportunity to hey, would you be interested in teaching a book and show me some of the stuff you've been working on? I was like, sure. And I think like two days later, I sent them a Word document with like everything I would like to show. And he was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they never had somebody like turn around so fast with this stuff. Like, have you been thinking about it for a while? I was like, kind of. And also like, is how, it's how my brain works. It's how like my jiu-jitsu develops is I pick a position and then you start working all the scenarios of if I do this, she's going to do this, and then I'll do this. So it, it's kind of how my, my, grappling, my grappling brain works. Mm. So being able to explain that to people and show it, it, it it's good. Um, I don't know. It's, it's been a fun project. Well, it looks great. And when you say that you put all of your stuff in a Word document and they were like, whoa, that's kind of my reaction when I like opened the book and I like looked at it because I'm looking at it online and I was like, oh, my God, that's a lot of techniques. And, you know, Kevin's nerding out on it already. So he's already starting to mentally drill in his brain. But I, I must give you props for this sentence. And Kev, I think you'll understand why. Suggesting that hip movement is important for jiu-jitsu won't win me a Nobel jiu-jitsu prize anytime soon. Now, let's discuss this because you bring up the concept of a Nobel jiu-jitsu prize, which I think is a crime that we don't do, Kevin. I I can't believe we don't currently have like a fun not Pulitzer list. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) But that makes me think, you know, like I've – again – when you start to be in this this little uh, community for long enough, you hear things about people and you you know reputations start to become very present. You know we're all the way more on the left coast over here, but everybody who's interacted with you has said you're you're really awesome. You treat your people great over at Inverted. You guys write really awesome articles. 
So I guess it does make sense that you would start to to branch and do a book. What was it about the process of doing the book that you ended up learning more? Because you seem like a very introspective person at every chapter in your life. You know, what was it that you started learning? What were the challenges of doing a book? I think one of the biggest challenges, and it is something that Jiu-Jitsu has helped me a lot with, is kind of like imposter bias. And you think, it's like, am I good enough to actually have a book? Do I have something unique to say? Or like, like, is this move right? I like, you know, it's kind of silly. Like, I've been, I've been a black belt for a while now. I teach all the time. Everything I taught in the book is like pretty much my A game. It's like the things that I go for when I roll, like, you know, uh, competent grappling partners, like, you know, my go-to moves. I'm like, I know they work. I've done them on black belts. I've done them on, like, you know, decent wrestlers, decent judo players. But it's always a little bit, it's like, I don't know. It's like, am I, am I good enough to show this? So getting over that was, it, it was, it was big for me. And you're, you're trying to, in terms of with the book, what was, what's, you've obviously been requested to come on, show a lot of this stuff. But when you line out your entire game, what's sort of your best case scenario? What are you hoping people do with it? How are you hoping they consume it and then come back at you with questions and such? Uh, just I think I, we went over some underutilized positions, and hopefully we give uh, a fresher fresher look to a few things. I think the, the takedown chapter especially, some of those throws are very easy to learn. Uh, some of the some of the single leg finishes, like especially like the bar cigar, uh, when the it's something I, like you see good wrestlers do all the time, and you rarely ever see any jiu-jitsu person do it. But it's something that is taught to middle school middle school kids in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's like jiu-jitsu black belt that don't know it, and it's a great takedown. Uh, don't all the time in wrestling, but we don't see we don't see that that finish in particular in jiu-jitsu a lot. So I think it lands in a pretty good position for pass too. So just adding like you know things I see that could fit into a lot of people's games that for whatever reason are not present. Hopefully they can pick it up. But Nelson, what if I'm a person who just likes to start on my knees because these look hard. <laughs> Uh, there's a big, uh, the guard passing section is cool and we have a lot of guard stuff in there. Especially my half guard game, I think is a little bit unique the way I've been approaching the half guard lately. Uh, also the guard passing, uh, we went over folding passing mm-hmm. and something I've been working on for like three years now. And I do it so much like now I'll think about it. It's like, it's just how I move on top when I'm passing. Mm-hmm. And it's really annoying for people, and I think it's a very good counter to the current like modern jiu-jitsu metagame. It can really shut down a lot of the bearing bolo and like lapel guard stuff with that style passing. Interesting. That's a good sell because that's one of the <laughs> biggest things I, I do find is when you are rolling. Like yesterday, I had somebody uh, like a a guy who's just started at our school in our nogi class, and he was just like, "Hey, you want to stand up?" And I was like, "Who are you?" And he was just from? well. I don't, the thing is, I was like, oh, maybe he's a wrestler, and like his his total like innocence about like saying like he looked at me and he goes, "Raph, I don't know anything, but 
do you want to stand up? And I was like, absolutely, kid. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what unicorn you are, but nobody starts off with like, once people see they're on the ground, they're like, oh, I'm not, I don't need to do this. Why don't we just go to the, we're, we're good to hear, right? But you do hear that criticism from like people like Josh Barnett that say, you know, you start on your knees. It's just such, such a waste of uh, real applications, especially for people who compete. So I always wonder for somebody like you who you, you have that great judo background and I think a lot of people are nervous to do that because I know I look at judo and I'm like, my body can't do that. So, you know, how is it that you, you reach out to those people? I mean, I mean you, you teach so you see it happen live, but what is your response to that? Well, uh, let me tell you a, a funny thing. A lot of my older judo partners from the old judo club thought I was crazy for doing jiu-jitsu because I was so rough on the body. <laughs> Are you serious? So these are like all <laughs> judo guys with like banged up knees telling me I was crazy for doing jiu-jitsu. So it's, it's what you're used to. As soon as you put some reps on your feet and you learn how to move and you learn how to fall and you learn where to put your hands and you learn how to roll, like, you know, roll through the throws and not fight them, it's not that bad. It's, it's just we have that innate fear of what we don't know. And I mean, like, sometimes when, like, you do, on we list. do, like, overhead sweeps. If you do a big overhead sweep, it's just as bad as doing, like, you know, getting thrown with Seo Nagi. Oh, see, that's so where I've been going just, wrong, like, Kev. I just, I don't do the overhead sweeps either. Yeah, me I just, I literally like, everything I just kind of do is like, nah, I'm not doing that. I stay parallel. <laughs> um, if you, if you're thinking about gi ideas, by the way, parallel gear, Panda, not, mm. I agree. Inverted gear sounds better. I'm just trying to appease to those of us. I mean, upright. Kev, since you're mentioning the Panda, it's just one Panda. What if there was like a panda in the background and he'd like, like a verbal tap on his stomach? <laughs> Listen, I'm just throwing out ideas. He's eating some acai. Yeah, that's a... Got it up, panda. Mm-hmm, because <laughs> it's a great it. like, that's essentially what I'm doing when I'm training is I, I'm the, the very lovable fat friend and I'm always eating. So I'm just saying like he looks lonely. He could have a friend. I don't know. Call Verby. Uh, can I say do a tatted up? panda nogi series and i think you're gonna get into the 10th planet market Absolutely. immediately tatted up panda nogi i like it so you you're now in this place so what is the the release schedule for the book where can people start to get it because i know at this point we're we're talking about this book but i want people to understand what you're doing is really awesome and, and fun and like marshall does the best instructional books like there he breaks it down to a certain level there is a certain style he likes to do the gifts are life if you are ever trying to figure out a move and you see the implementation of gifts you know i've always credited him i don't like him as a person but i credit him for this um you know what is the release schedule when can people start picking this up all of these are martial questions i believe sometime next week okay the best i can give you Okay. But soon for sure. I'm pretty sure next week is the day we're shooting for. Ooh. I just love the fact that, like, by the time this comes out, it'll already be out for most of our listeners. I just got an email from Marshall. uh, You know, before he called and and did the whole, like, hey, I've got, you want to talk with Nelson? Uh, Terrible booking, by the way, that he was trying to do. 
I saw him put out an email, <laughs> and uh, it was from, from Artichoke, and it made me so happy when he put out um, this whole push for people to go out and buy the book. And so he put out a little thing, and I, I don't want it mean to, you know, put you guys on Front Street, but the coupon code he put out there was loyal OG for five dollars off, and it's loyal capital L loyal and OG OG capital five bucks off. Uh, you guys can go check that out, Artichoke Media. But here's the thing, Nelson. I'm not done here. I know it's coming out very soon, and we've got a few more questions for you. When since doing the book now, have you gotten people like that you trust to kind of read it? What was some of the feedback that you were getting it from it? Uh, I, I think I got I got my wife to look at it, and she my wife's a black belt as well. And when my I, I told you how my mom introduces us, is that is Hillary is Nelson, the Buddha Jiu Jitsu. Hillary is a world champion. Nelson is not. <laughs> so she's a, the most, she's a, she's the accomplished one in the family. She looked at it, uh, she liked it. Uh, I have a few friends that are looking at it, haven't heard back from yet. But uh, it was funny when we were filming, and she was like sitting in a chair, like nodding or not nodding when like a shot didn't come out right. So when we did it, but uh, it, everything I've heard, uh, I know Marshall. Marshall looks a lot <laughs> through a lot of media. He really like how everything came out. Uh, there's actually. One or two two moves that got taken out. I didn't like how the the even though we were shot them a bunch of times, I didn't like how it came out. So I am very like I told you, like I I I'm still dealing with my uh, imposter bias. So everything that that made the book is good. It's a good technique, and there's a few good techniques I would like to show, but the way we filmed them. Uh, I forget one, like, Jesse was falling a little awkward, so, like, it didn't look right. So that one didn't make the book. So So it's Jesse's fault is what you're saying. Yeah, I I can get that. Oh, Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. You You don't have to say it. We'll say it. We'll say it, okay? (laughs) Because here's the thing. Not your words. We know Jesse. These are ours. We know him. In fact, Jesse literally got on an email chain yesterday. I was doing this really beautiful tribute to two of my best instructors of all time. But I didn't want to be cliche and like say their names. They know exactly who they are. But they're like two of the people most instrumental in teaching me writing and making me the writer I am today. And I just wanted to put up something nice for them because they see my posts. And Jesse underneath there puts, you're welcome. You're a great student of mine, Raph. And I'm like, Jesse, I will beat the living shit I, out of now you. Now it's personal. I'm coming for you. No, this was, this was a nice post meant for from two of a very like it's a sincerely nice post and i literally got in a chain of showing him gifts of why he's a terrible person but i could just say i was like this is never going to end he and i are going to be doing yeah. this forever so, yeah so back to <laughs> poor jesse yeah poor jesse got thrown so many times between all the gifts and he's good he should good Good. So he got like the one, I think one of the things we filmed towards the end, he was like a little gunshot and he's going sideways towards the ground right away. I was like, oh, this doesn't look great. doesn't look great. So we had to act it. But <laughs> other than that, everything, everything looks good. Jesse was a champ. Both mats were not soft. I have no idea how many times I put that guy back arch that day. Uh, between the back arch and the double legs, the seven naggies, uh, I don't know. He, he's definitely sore that day. But I really appreciate all the help he gave me with the 
and instructional, but yeah. Uh, stuff that made the book came out great. Uh, my my wife uh, has a good eye for that stuff. She's she she doesn't mind telling me what, when like my work doesn't look right, so got that approval. Uh, Marshall thinks it looks good. I hope everyone that looks at it enjoys it and can add those techniques into the game, into their game. Okay, I've got two things here on this. One, you're talking about the fact that uh, you know Jesse's terrible, and we all agree on that, so I'm glad. Um, but <laughs> when we start to really get on this mode of you doing this, it sounds to me, Kevin, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, does it sound like he's leaving a little bit of a an opening for a, a chapter two of this book, like a another installment, maybe a sequel? Because when he's like, ah, oh, these moves, they, they just didn't turn out well. Maybe next year you'll see no. those moves. I, I think every, no, what I want to say is everything that made the book was great. There's definitely more stuff I would like to film, but like it didn't feed the scope of the book. I would mm. really like to go back and do a Nogi, either Nogi version. Um, Kevin, also, Kevin I, I, I really want, I keep joking. Oh, Kevin and I just want to be the first people to highly suggest that we are, uh, you know, we love the gi, we compete or not. We, we use the gi all the time, but here's the thing. We're salivating at the mere mention of a no gi version of this. Yeah. Pretty big no gi fan. I could already hear Nelson's got that overachiever vibe. Like, mm-hmm. well, now that I've finished book one, let's do books two, three, and four, and then I'll move on to my feature film career. That's just kind of how it sounds. Well, though, no, Kevin, I think you missed the part where Nelson's like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to start a podcast too, guys. No, offense, oh, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, called Verbal Swap or something just to <laughs> put us under the ground. I can already. <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, well, at one point, we'll definitely go back and do do uh, the Nogi version. And I, I already there's a few things in the book that I've been working around, and like you know, like oh, I'm always tweaking. Uh, I'm my friend Riley is famous for saying uh, always listen to future Riley. When people ask me, like, oh, like, you know, I have your 2012 DVD, but you, you do it in that, in that DVD, you do it this way, but now you do it this way. So the answer is always listen to future Riley, because things going to change. <laughs> so it's already, been, it's already been over a year since we filmed that book, so I'm slowly changing a few of the things I was doing, uh, especially with, like, the half butterfly stuff. Uh, so I would love to revisit that, that material at some point. But... <laughs> How dare you, Nelson? How dare you make me want to see more work from you? This is this is I'm learning very quickly. It's just like, oh, I've improved it even more, guys. No big deal. Wait for the add-ons to the book, kids. Um, Nelson, I want to ask this, in a, I guess, in a quasi-serious mode. But when you have a spouse that is a black belt as well, do you guys, when you sit down for yeah. dinner, do you just go, oh, could you pass the salt? And also, could you pass my guard because you haven't been lately? <laughs> oh, see, that I will never say. It was Hillary's knee card is legendary. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 live, I live in fear. That's real. You can hear the realness in his voice. He's like, that's, uh, that's not something yeah. I use. But that's anyone that's rolled with that woman knows. <laughs> it's funny with like Hillary always uh she's she's a smaller black doll, she's like, you know, hundred hundred twenty five pounds, she's completely featherweight and light featherweight. So through her career she trained with a lot a lot of guys are like, you know, are black belts now. 
and she and they were like young, when she trained with them they were younger so they were like the, the teenagers in the room they were like you know 120 140 pounds so Hillary would roll with them he leave the kick the living crap out of them so now as like grown black belt men fear but still have that respect and fear for that knee cut that she applies so many times <laughs> but i guess the the real version of the question is how great is that as a resource like you know i know you were mentioning that she would watch and and help you with the behind the scenes stuff of watching you put together the the parts for the instructional but like are you guys talking technique is there like kind of a moment where you decide when you guys are at the house it's no more talk of it. You know, you just try to just relax and enjoy no, yourself. We, How does it, it, like? it, it, no, we always talk about it. And I'm always talking stuff through with her, uh, especially stuff uh, like if we watch an MMA mm-hmm. and something cool comes up. And like, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, can we, <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, can we try that? And most of the time she says, yeah, like I have like 90% success rate with like random <laughs> living room rolling after watching MMA. I'm sorry. Like, most I remember like, say... we were watching the Ultimate Fighter, the Ultimate Fighter, and you ride the favorite. There's like this funky backscape. I was like, oh, I never seen that. Like, can we figure? Can we figure out how that works real quick? And like it's part of my game say, now. Though, when they go, Raph, this move has a ninety percent effective rate. It's like you just literally said a ninety percent effective rate in convincing my wife to jujitsu with me when we are not on the mats and just at home. It's like. Hey, babe, um, yeah. can we, I just want to break that down because, uh, you know, my wife doesn't do jujitsu. And in fact, most of the time she just kind of looks at it and she's like, what did they do? And I was like, Ooh, that's this. And if she even goes, was that half guard? I'm like, babe, you, I love you so much. That's so great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Also, she keeps me honest. She, I have no qualms saying my wife's tougher than me. Mm. So, like, you know, we've been training a lot, and, like, you know, we're, like, sore and beat up. She's like, oh, I want to go train. I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) 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 We we got a couch and Netflix, but okay. Yeah. This is well, this is my new favorite. Yeah, we got to get a jiu-jitsu couple reality show. We'll work. We'll call flow grappling. Uh, Nelson, you're great. Nelson, when we start to put together our uh, our version of the the newlywed game, even though you guys aren't newlyweds, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get the jujitsu versions of game shows where you guys can come on as a couple. So you'll be top of our list, sir. All right, thank you, thank you. Well, Nelson, we've had a blast talking to you today. Invertedgear.com. You can buy all of his badass yep. gis or no gi collection. Uh, the shorts are pretty awesome, yeah. as are the rash guards. It's just simple, fun, good jujitsu stuff. The book, From Chili with Love, uninstructional. Uh, Nelson, anything else we can plug for you before we send you to your next training session of the day, I imagine? Yeah, I'm heading, heading out to an open mat right now. Yep. Uh, let me see. Uh, we we got the geese going on. We have a... A collaboration with Jiu-Jitsu Club, Charles Gi, that was assigning Greenland, uh, doing one of the camps, which was pretty cool. And that's that's on right now. We got some new Nogi stuff rolling in. Uh, Riley Riley Bodycom and Hillary designed some new shorts that should be arriving soon for the Nogi Nogi addicts in the room. And that's about it. That's Hopefully, awesome. if you pick up the book, you enjoy it and 
you haven't checked out Inverted Gear yet, please do so. I think we do make some good quality stuff and at a fair price. We try to keep it fair, guys. Jeremy, one of the brown belts at our gym, has a forearm of justice that always hurts but feels a little better with an inverted gear (laughs) gi in between. Uh, Nelson, we really appreciate you coming on. From Chili with Love, you're going to love the instructional. Everyone knows inverted gear. It's amazing. Uh, Nelson, you've got a few more fans now after this. Thanks for swinging by Verbal Tap today. Thank you, guys. Raph, if I wanted to compete this weekend in my badass, tatted-up, inverted gear, panda, gi, do you have a place I could do that? And if maybe I wanted to do one no-gi, I'm just curious if you had any leads. <sighs> Kevin, I mean, listen, I'm just going to say ussgl.com backslash register until I die. <laughs> uh, see what happens. Just see what happens. We need to chip uh, you so we can count how many links that gets. That's but that's the uh, I definitely want to make sure that people know the promo codes of verbal tap, all one word, all caps. But that's not important, Kevin. What's important is those geese look clean. That panda looks so cute. It's so awesome. And uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens next for one. Uh, Nelson, because uh, listen, I love when he starts previewing that he's going to do another instructional on ours. It'd be like, oh, I just had all this other stuff that I just I had to cut. It just didn't meet the standards for this book. But join me, Nelson Puentes from Orlando with love. He would uh, he immediately everybody's like, you should have had him on the game show. It's like, we know we know we, we should have. We, we, we next time he'll be on. But we also could have at, at very easily parts. You know, I took the the continuation of From Blank with Love. But what if what if he goes the Bond route and he starts doing like uh, Half Guard Never Dies or <laughs> Golden Takedown or uh, Golden Gee would be pretty good too. Octagon. Octagon is great. Octopool Guard <laughs> is actually a really good one. So just wait for all of those to go, guys. Uh, this is, uh, I'm trying to think, I gotta work on my Bond film memories. What, we gotta turn Casino Royale into something funny. <laughs> Thunderbeer and Bolo. <laughs> just for the, um, the millennial crowd. Dr. Nogi. Nice. I got that one. Nice. <laughs> and that'll do it for us forever here at Verbal Tab. I think this is, that's, that's how we're ending, right? That's how we're ending the show tonight. Start the show with 20 characters, then (laughs) Eddie Murphy my way through everything. We're never going to be prouder. We're never going to be prouder than we are in that moment. I'm proud of your Dr. Nogi. That'll do it for us. Let's do some shout outs, Raph, Uh, to the cast that came on tonight. I can't thank you enough. I'll obviously start. And to Charter Communication in their FMLA, I get to have surgery. Unabashed. Hey. So I'm just gonna do. I'm taking like six sick days or something. Say that fast. Six sick days. Uh, fortunately, I've been with the company for a while. I got you know, burn some. I'm gonna burn some. Okay. And that's uh, it for me. Other than to say, Kaiser Urgent Care. I didn't enjoy the racist woman in the lobby. There was a very um, irate older white woman. That had mildly cut her hand. 
And we had to make sure she knew she wasn't at the hospital. She kept saying, I came to the emergency room. We're like, you definitely didn't. <laughs> you are aware this is urgent care. They are different. She's like, I pay this. It's like, no, no, no. It's more expensive, too. That's the whole deal. <laughs> so they talked to it great. When I finally got through that uh, hour and a half long fun, Raph's strep throat. Like, I'm in fucking elementary school. So yeah. I'm better now, thanks to antibiotics. Had that brief moment where it's like I'm going on penicillin. So I have like a six-hour pass to get any curable, communicable diseases. Passed on that. And Good. just went straight to sleeping. Though that leads to when I woke up. We got to talk, both of us this week, apparently to Ryan Ford. Yes. We're appearing separately, but look forward to us on the Grappling Central podcast. As doing... per our uh, writer, we were not going to appear on the same episode. No, our, we've been clear. We've tried it. <laughs> no, <there's> a... <laughs> Ryan was so sweet. He's just like, he's like, hey, I don't know. Do you guys want to like appear on the same show? No. We talk all no. the time. We are on the same show all of the fucking time. Every Sunday. I don't want to be like, are you not good enough to interview one of us at a time? <laughs> and it was a blast, by the way. I had a really good time chatting with him, talking about some whenever you can really nerdy about something you love. It's a good day. And that's uh, that's what we did with jujitsu. We got very nerdy about something we love and talked a little bit about the podcast. As per our writer, I did not mm. mention your name, Raph. I was very you know, I thought about this, too. I was like, I don't really think I mentioned Kevin, like, at all in my interview. <laughs> and normally I try to, like, drop in, like, one joke and not a compliment. Because, like, you know, it's the one up, one down kind of a thing. I just mention one insult and one neutral statement about Kevin. That's usually what I do. <laughs> one insult and one neutral statement is not a bad description for probably – never mind. I was just yeah. going to say – we were like, no, that's probably what I'd get tattooed of an impression of Kevin. They <laughs> tune in to those interviews. You're going to have to listen to them, hear what Raph didn't say about me, hear what I did say about Raph. Spent oh, no. almost 35 minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it wasn't 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely mentioned you. I wish it had been 35 just straight smack talking minutes. No I matter what you on other shows. No matter before. what Ryan asked, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> fuck that guy, and I'll tell you why. Uh no, it was um it was fun. So that's it for me though on the shout outs. Let's do this. I'll start and continue with that. Ryan Ford, good kid, not a great host, but okay. Uh had a great time on his show too, Kev. So mine I think is coming out this week, and then yours is I think coming out in September. So you'll get some time to kind of listen to mine, even if you don't listen to that show. We know. We know how long it takes to listen to one of his shows. So we're giving you the month in between. Uh, but, yes, it was a very fun time. I got to talk a whole bunch of, like, my jiu-jitsu beginnings with him and, you know, some stuff that you guys know and some that you don't. A little bit of behind the scenes of the USSGL. So I'm stoked about that. I also appeared on another show, my good friend Mike Hofer. He is uh, just started a podcast called the What's Good in the Hood podcast. Myself and Joey House went on there, and it's cool. Like we obviously again talk a little bit about the USSGL, the the where's the wins, the whys. But uh, Mike asked me a very interesting question where he was like, you know, Raf, what are your goals for jujitsu this year? And I I will tell you, uh, some of it may be surprising to you, some of it will not. But um, I gave him a fairly comprehensive answer of what I think uh, are the things I like to try to accomplish to do. So if you like to hear me talk a little bit more serious about the things I do, 
because uh, a lot of times it's jokey. Um, I think you might like some of the stuff I stay on there. So that is on the What's Good in the Hood podcast. What else I got for you guys? All right, let's do this. Valley Martial Arts Center, I want to send a shout-out to uh, Hassan. Great class on Nogi, Dr. Nogi. God, why the fuck? I just Why I isn't that the name not. of our gym? Like We should have thought of that six years ago. We'd be fine now. We've, people have been like, well, I got to go there. Let me see here. I gotta, I gotta Google it real quick to make sure nobody's taking it. Doctor Nogi. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying to you guys is, oh God, Doctor J Nogi, renowned <laughs> orthopedic surgeon, dies at 66 is the first. Oh my God. <laughs> it's literally Doctor Nogi. This <laughs> <laughs> poor man. I don't know what to do. Oh no. We have nothing to do but to steal his name and obviously trademark it. Sorry. He was very well loved because there's several publications that are talked about Dr. Nogi. All right. Anyway, back to this. Um, On Her Majesty's Spider Guard. So, I like it. Okay. I like it. <laughs> it's okay, like my first feel you in in. before we so, did Dr. I know. Nogi. I know. <laughs> so I'll go back. I, I'll edit it in. <sighs> Just like we both know that's the place to end on. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But what we might do is maybe we'll open it up once the USSGL nonsense is done. We'll open it up to a hashtag of send us your like jujitsu a Bond film name and we'll we'll see what you guys get with that. Anyway, that's next week. That's when Raph has a life again. Uh, let's see. VMAC was so much fun. Uh, I haven't been able to train there a whole bunch just because of all the stuff that we're doing. So um, props to them. I want to send a big shout out to my friends, you know. Jason and Lexi, we went out to go yesterday to a roller skating rink, Kevin. And I guess the funniest part about it is my wife said she looked around and she listens to a lot of true crime podcasts. And I think the funniest thing she told me was she goes, well, this is what all of my true crime podcasts describe as the place I would die. (laughs) (laughs) And we took a look around and there was an amalgamation of like a million different types of people like. I had a different thought. I was like, isn't this where you meet your 70s crew for their orgy? It's like, get down, get down. There were some of those, Kevin. There were some very fabulous people. There's accountants that look like they bust their ass all week so that they can wear their glittery fucking jackets. Uh, One of my buddies, I think Austin was doing this joke. Austin Stack was doing the like, he goes... I work all week. I have the tuna sandwich. I don't do any splurging so I can wear my fucking glitter jacket and go out and fucking bust it out on the roller rink floor. <laughs> so it, it was pretty true. Uh, anyway, skate. I would like to thank uh, Jason and Lexi for inviting us out. It was a beautiful time to get to see them. Our good friends Austin and Gina as well. And an added bonus, Kevin, I got to run into Dan Johnson because he invited me to his party and it happened to be same time, same place. Of all places – Two of my friends, both 30 in age, wanted to go roller skating for whatever reason. And I think this is an interesting thing, at least from my perspective, when they're like, rapper, you going to roller skate? And maybe you have this problem too. But all I could think about was, no, I'm not. And they're asking like, why, why don't you want to go roller skate? You know, you kind of, you're in shape enough, you know, you, you seem like you might be able to do it. And I was like, I don't know how to explain to civilians that I don't want to do that in fear that it might injure me for jujitsu. Yeah. And this might say something about the type of person that gets injured, but I'm going to be skating backwards and playing red light, green light. Yeah. I'm throwing on those four aced. 
I might even go a size, a half a size smaller, so I can get some real traction. I don't know, dude. I, I applaud down, you. Get down. You white people and you're skating and your love Thank of it. That just it never happened for me. But bless you, bless you in your heart, Kevin. Um, let's do this final plug. USSGL.com. Heard about? Go it. do the thing. Verbal tap. That is the promo code, all caps. When you guys sign up, fifteen bucks Verbal off. Tap. Can't do it anymore. And uh, look out for our streams. If you aren't coming, and I understand some of you won't, um, do us a solid. Share it when you see the stream. Share the photos. Share the. The promo materials. We got a team that's been working hard. You know, it's not just the five guys, you know, uh, Blair and Joey and Eric and Drew and Octavia. We've also got our friends, Mike Frosto, an army of volunteers. If you want to volunteer, go to our website at ussgl.com. We've got so many people helping to put this together. Great sponsors. You know, Iron Fist Brewing Company, Datsusara is coming through. And I mean in a major way. Um, Punch Gunk. Uh, Akana Westing, like just really great sponsors who are helping us provide a great grappling experience uh, for people that we feel deserve better and deserve more and deserve cash prizes. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, the LA Jiu Jitsu Club is on hiatus this week, but uh, I believe tomorrow we'll be doing a live stream if you guys are hearing this on the evening. But we'll be doing a live stream in the morning and then we return to training when we get done and finish with this tournament. So on August 14th, we'll be back up and operational at 8 a.m. in the mornings. So that is what I've got for you, Kev. Um, yeah, come to our tournament. Have a good time. I promise you guys will enjoy it. And say hello to me. Don't don't walk by and think I'm too busy because I probably am. But I'll still take time to say hello to you. He loves that. Say hello to Raph. Say hello to his little friend, Eric Medina. Say hello to all oh, of them. Oh, boy. Hi, it's Eric Medina. Oh. <laughs> He's so cute. Oh, Bonnie's going to be so mad that I, love, I was on verbal tap and I, didn't tell her. I love the pictures of them with their blue belts. They're so cute. It's just oh. so adorable. Before yeah, we were, we were so young then. It you was guys a are. Long time That'll ago. do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you. Oh, Raph, it's Mills' adoptiversary. Oh. Last shout out. Oh. Yeah, the, you got to do that. The tiny jujitsu puppy, Millhouse, who, uh, so long story short, I bought this thing um, that's like a grip holder. It's also a dog toy. It's got two handles, one for them, one for me. And he's great at it. He's uh, unbelievable. He weighs about 30 pounds, so it's like the perfect, just doesn't, well, it hurts when he bites, but otherwise doesn't hurt. So to the jujitsu puppy, uh, happy one year adoptiversary. We think he's mostly dog. And that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. I love Verbal Tap. I can't believe you let me in here all by myself. I'm now going to go. Go for gay Jesus. God damn it. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.